You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, December 2nd. This is the ante-penultimate episode of 2020. And for those of you not versed in Latin, which is to say, as a quick aside, your loss. Anyway, ante penultimate means third from last, so you'll be hearing from us December 9th and 16th, and after that, we'll be back in 2021. Of course, Christmas is coming up for those who celebrate it. Can we talk just for a minute about Santa and the age of heightened privacy awareness, online and otherwise? I mean, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, that's not creepy at all. I'll tell you, Google, Alexa, the NSA, even the Russians, they've got nothing on dear old Saint Nick. Next week, we'll interview a representative from PETA to discuss the ethics of using innocent reindeer as unpaid labor. Dear listener, my griping aside, the holidays are a time of merriment. And speaking of that, next Thursday at high noon is the Virtual Employee Appreciation Party. You can still RSVP as long as you do it by tomorrow. Note that you'll still receive the lunch voucher, but not the drink mixing kit, as that needs to be mailed out. I'm looking forward to that and hope to see you there. On to today's episode. David Carlos caught up with Valerie Policar to talk about mentoring. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. And on the podcast today, we have Valerie Policar, who's the Senior Director of Academic Technology Services for IT Services. Welcome, Valerie. Thanks very much. It's good to be here. I want to tell you that this topic that we're going to talk about is something that I was really excited to hear uh, from you and your experiences because I know in the leadership learning program you did talk about this a lot and mentorship is something that really has um, been missing in my career development I know it has so I am so glad that you're here to talk to us about it because I know I'm not the only one so thank you. Um, pleasure. And we're going to dive right in to, okay. uh, to some of the questions. So tell us a little bit about who was your first mentor? So I've been thinking about this, and I, I believe that my first mentor really was my elementary school librarian, a woman named Elsie Dykes, who uh, saw that I was coming down to the library at every opportunity. And she began to direct me towards books that she thought not only that I would like, but would push me a little bit, a little bit beyond my level, um, a little bit more complex or more interesting or maybe a different uh, genre than I would normally have read. And I think that really, along with other instructors over the years, I think she really was the first one to fill that mentorship role. And then uh, as far as my career, um, Jim Madden, who um, most folks know still at, um, at IT Services, uh, really uh, has been a, a mentor throughout my career. I met him when I was an undergraduate. In fact, I was a freshman. 
I arrived at the university and the first thing I did was got myself a computer account because I had I learned to like computer accounts when I was in high school. And um, I began to chat using the chat program at anyone that had a username that was a name instead of a number. I figured they were people I should talk to. And one of them was Jim. And uh, he was so patient with me. And when he saw that I was trying to improve my programming skills, he gave me some problems to solve. And it was only years later that I realized he could have solved those problems in five minutes. Um, but he gave me these little projects to work on to stretch my skills, to make me feel useful, and help me to push myself to the next level. So it, it sounds like for both experiences that you um, had just described, you know, the mentor saw something in you that um, I saw some future or something that they can say, I see Valerie can do more here and I'm going to push her a little bit. Right, right. And I was very fortunate to have had those experiences. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, what value have you gotten from your mentors? So I think one that we um, perhaps underrate is simply validation. Working with a mentor, whether it's an informal or a formal mentorship, can make you feel more uh, valid, uh, can help with the problems of maybe lack of confidence uh, in the workplace, can, um, can really make you feel like you have a place and you have a purpose. Of course, there's a lot you can learn from your mentors. You learn some of their skills that you might not have. Uh, if they push you, as many of mine have, you learn new things, uh, new skills, both hard skills and, and what we call soft skills. They've also offered very different perspectives on problems I was facing. So we're kind of stuck in our own little heads, right? And when you sit down to try to figure out how to address a challenge, you can come up with a whole bunch of different ideas on how to address it, but they're still within the confines of the way that you tend to think. And by talking to somebody with a different way of thinking, they can ask you questions, they can give you some of their experiences that might be very different um, than the way that you would have solved the problem. And you might not take one of their solutions, but you might it might be a bouncing off point to come up with some new ideas, different ways of thinking. And then also, I think, building on that, I, I got key, key advice on improving my work situation a couple of times over the years. Again, not by taking exactly the advice I was given, but by thinking about it, chewing on it, and adapting it to make it work for me. So I'm really hearing validation and perspective mm -hmm. are the two things that you, you really get out of it. Um, what about being a mentor yourself? Like, what, um, what, what do you like about being a mentor? What value do you get out of that? There's a lot that, that one can, can get. Of the first and most obvious being that you learn from your mentees as well. And again, by putting two different brains in a room, right, you get that many more ideas and angles on things. It also offers the mentor a sense of purpose and value. Um, mentoring really can make you uh, feel like you have a, a, a purpose in life, a purpose in your job, uh, a way to, as I'm getting older, to transition to the latter parts of my career. But uh, even early career folks can offer a lot as a mentor simply by being that different brain in the room. Um, because 
again, you're working with somebody with different ideas, you can get ideas about how to solve a problem in a different way. Um, I've, I've learned so much from my, my mentees uh, that ideas I would never have come up with. And it's also a great place to kind of practice skills that will be useful in, in management and supervision. So whether you're interested in moving into management or you already are a manager, it's a great way to kind of practice those coaching skills um, that, that you'll need to be a successful manager. I, I love how you talk about mentorship as is not as an experience like I have this level of experience and that's why I'm the mentor it's just a bouncing up ideas a collaboration uh you know you learn something I learn something and, and I, I really think that see it opens that way. up mentorship for a lot of people people who may think that oh I just started at UC I can't be a mentor that's not the case it's not that's about correct. that yeah that's, that's great right. thank you for for sharing that perspective with us uh, what mentorship opportunities are available here at ITS or, or UC San Diego? So there's a there's sort of two kinds of mentorship that we talk about. We talk about informal and formal mentorship. And informal mentorship is really the only way it used to be. Um, and in that world, somebody selects you. So we talked about that earlier with a librarian kind of seeing that maybe I had an interest or a skill set. Um, and then they help you to get training or experiences or opportunities that help to move you along in your career. Sometimes if they're a, your supervisor, I mean, that's great, right? Then they really help you move, move you along. But, you know, something I've recently learned is that that kind of selection process tends to be biased. So in the workplace, it tends to be biased towards uh, white males. Um, and that can mean that, you know, if you don't fit that particular type that you might miss out on an opportunity. The other thing is that, you know, not everyone sticks out to be selected, but they might still have lots of potential. So, you know, everyone, whether, you know, white males included, if you don't sort of stand out in a particular way, it doesn't mean that you couldn't benefit from mentorship and maybe even move further than somebody who was, was selected. So if you're if you're informally selected for mentoring, fantastic, that's wonderful. Get as much out of it as you can. But if you're not, we have a couple of programs. Um, there's a, the formal program at Staff Education for, for mentorship. They will then ask you kind of, what's your career goal? Um, what position are you looking for? It's, it's with the idea of moving up, although not that's not the only reason to get mentored. But they'll match you up with somebody and you can ask either to be matched with somebody in IT, or you can say that it doesn't matter, it could be anyone. And I actually was matched with a non-IT mentor when I went through that program. And at first I was pretty dubious that this person could be of any benefit to me, but she ended up giving me a couple of small suggestions that just unlocked a door and, and really turned my career around. So you shouldn't be afraid to go to a non-IT mentor, you can get great things from them too. But there's another way to get formal mentorship and that's just to ask someone. And you know, you can ask anyone across IT services. You'd be surprised that most people are pretty flattered to be asked and very willing to help to make that successful since that person is not going through a formal program where they're being kind of guided on mentorship. Mm -hmm. You should know your goal what do you want to get out of the mentoring? 
whether it's some help navigating political situations, whether it's some advice on developing your skills, whether it's moving into a higher level position, um, have that goal in mind or multiple goals in mind, have some questions in mind. And uh, I would say expect to be challenged and, and, and just expect to be asked questions yourself. Um, when you go in, maybe think about, you know, just kind of the housekeeping details too. How often would you like to meet? Do you want it to be a phone call or a video call? Or how do you want it to work? Have that in mind before you ask them, because almost certainly they're going to ask you to uh, come up with those kinds of, of, uh, of answers. And, um, and then just, you know, ask, identify someone and, and, and ask. <laughs> That's one of the, one of the things that you know, I have always been struggling with because other than here at UC San Diego without having this formal program, I haven't been in an organization that had a formal program. So to come up to just somebody and say, hey, will you be my mentor? I, you know, I didn't know what to do or who to look for. Like, how do I know who, who should I ask? Right. Be my mentor. So um, I heard a great talk last week at Educause and David Seidel was talking about how to figure out who, sh- who you should ask to be your mentor. And he suggested that you want two people. You want someone who is like you, who's going to help you move past the past, and someone who is not like you to help push you out of your comfort zone. So the idea of moving past the past, often when we go in for mentoring, we're talking about everything lousy that's happened in our career, we're talking about all our frustrations, um, maybe the current, our current situations, and we really need to get past that and, and have a, a future-focused view. And someone that can empathize with you because they're similar in certain ways, that will help. They'll be able to help you to, to get past all that and not just get stuck there. Someone who's not like you, who especially, and, and here when we say like you and not like you, I think we are talking very much about ways of thinking, um, maybe our, our, our interactive styles. We might be talking about our strengths, like the strengths finder strengths. Someone not like you is going to nudge you out of your comfort zone, and you need that. You know, you really need somebody to get you thinking a little differently, to try things that you wouldn't have tried. And so that, that concept of having two mentors, I really, um, I really think is a great, a great idea. That, that th- those are great ideas for um, for us to think about when we think about mentorship and and maybe if we don't do the formal way the informal way of who of who would be the most helpful for for either of us or you know mentor and mentee right and I, I'll give you a few other thoughts you might look for someone who's in a position that's like the position that you'd like to be in mm-hmm. right uh, you might look for somebody who seems to be speaking your language that you have some rapport with definitely look for someone who has the ability to listen. I have to say my greatest failing as a mentor is on these last two items. I would say ability to listen and asks you good questions. I'm really working on, I've always been working on my ability to listen. Um, I think that's something that's going to be, you know, a lifetime of practice. Uh, But I do find sometimes in a mentorship meeting, I've been talking for 10 minutes and that's not how it should be. Uh, The other is somebody who asks you good questions. And I, again, I'm, I'm really working on asking my mentees better questions, provoking them, trying to get them thinking rather than sort of handing them, here are some solutions, right? Um, I think that's a problem in IT. We're problem solvers, right? 
So you get in a mentorship meeting and you just want to solve the person's problems. But really, um, the best mentors will, uh, will provoke you to solve your own problems. I'll reiterate, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, it's very hard to ask, I know, um, especially if you're asking somebody at a higher level in the organization. I've never had anyone say no to me when I've asked, and I've never said no to anyone who's asked. So I think that the fear is probably, the, the worst that someone is going to say is, I'd love to do it, but my schedule is just a little too crazy right now. Why don't you try this other person? Wow, that, well, that is great information. Um, lots of ideas for us to try out mentorship. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you've thought about mentorship, or even if you've never thought about mentorship, give it a try and see if it works for you. Uh, I, I know that there are things that, Valerie, you, you said that make sense. Like, oh, I know about mentors and who do I ask and how do I ask? That's great. So I do appreciate you being here and, and discussing this really important topic for our own professional development and not even professional. I'm sure this has helped you in your personal life as well. I have to say that, you know, very large aspects of the success in my own career have been because of mentorship. And so it's, it's, it's hugely valuable. And again, that old style of being selected is not, it's not readily available to everyone, um, but you can get the same, the same goodies uh, by, by selecting someone yourself. So I, I, I highly encourage it. And on that note, thank you, Valerie, for being here with us today. Um, I'm going to share um, information about the UC Learning, um, about their mentorship program on the podcast website. And uh, have a great day. Thanks very much. As ever, thank you, David, for that very insightful interview. To close out, I'm going to read some song lyrics. This is not what I would call a traditional Christmas carol by any stretch, but it is a perfect fit for Christmas in SoCal. I give you, I bought you a plastic star. It gets pretty cold here at night down to 60 degrees. There's angel hair up in the palm trees. It sure looks like Christmas to me. But Santa's been grounded. His reindeer came down with TB. So I bought you a plastic star for your aluminum tree. Father Christmas ain't been seen in years, down at Saks Fifth or Macy's. <laughs> Maybe try Sears. Spend all ye faithful with all your might. Gonna have ten years of silent night. Thought I'd make an impression before the depression hit me. So I bought you a plastic star for your aluminum tree. We barely recover from pumpkins in Thanksgiving time. Then those acrylic bearded sandals start clinging at sunset and vine. That snowflake in hell has more chance to stay mellow than me. So I bought you a plastic star for your aluminum tree. Easy credit may not clear your ills, unless your address is in Beverly Hills. Spend all, ye faithful, with all your might. Gonna have ten years of silent night. Thought I'd make an impression before the depression hit me. So I bought you a plastic star for your aluminum tree. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know 
that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily. <laughs>